when you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. Are you looking for a podcast that brings you all the latest news and analysis on the silver and black? Carr from under center looks downfield, fires deep, complete. Waller's got it. How about interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast, part of the Vegas Sports Today podcast network. Henry Ruggs! The speed! Touchdown! Carr with another bomb! And now your host, Evan Grote. Let's go Raider Nation! Welcome to a game week edition, the week one preview episode of Just Pod Baby. I am your host, Evan Grote. Just Pod Baby is brought to you by VegasSportsToday.com, the very first and only independent Raiders news source straight from the heart of it all in Las Vegas. And not only do we cover Raiders football, but we cover all things Vegas sports. So head on over to the website and get caught up with all the great things going over on over there at the website. We've got a great team of talented writers who will be covering the Raiders for you all season long, including our lead writer, Kurt Kern. We've got Noah Strang, Brevin Honda, Scott Gilbranson, of course, and Mo Moten is back as well with the start of the regular season. So make sure you are heading over there to check that all out. Now we are here though to talk about some Raiders football as we gear up for the much-anticipated season opener, a primetime matchup at Allegiant Stadium in front of a packed house of fans, Raider fans, and it should be a rowdy crowd, and I think that that could play a significant role in the outcome of the game. A little bit more on that thought later on in segment one. We do have a guest tonight, a great guest, uh, to help us gain some insight from Beyond Enemy Lines. Later in the show, we're going to be joined by Todd Karpovich, who covers the Ravens for SI.com's Ravens Country. And there's a lot I want to discuss with Todd. There was some breaking news uh, today in regards to the Ravens. I'm going to um, make sure that you get a nice little overview of the Ravens so that you're all geared up for Monday night's matchup. So that being said, let's get right into it. I want to begin this week by taking a look at the Ravens, both their offense and their defense. We'll, we'll throw out some, some notable players that you want to be familiar with. And then I'm also going to incorporate into that uh, what I believe are the three keys to victory for the Raiders. As I said, there was some breaking news today involving the Baltimore Ravens, and it was not good news uh, by any means. Uh, according to Ian Rappaport, running backs Gus Edwards and cornerback Marcus Peters both suffered what could be torn ACLs. They are uh, set to get MRIs, um, and actually I can now confirm, because I got the update on my phone just a few minutes ago, we can now confirm that Marcus Peters did sustain a torn ACL, so he will be out for the season, and it's just absolutely devastating news for the Ravens just days before the start of the 2021 season, and you know, it, it certainly will have an impact on the uh, on the outcome, I think, anyways, uh, on Monday night's game for sure. Uh, the Ravens, they, they have really had to deal with uh, just a ton of injuries uh, throughout training camp and in, in preseason. Uh, they lost their starting running back in, the pre- in a preseason game, J.K. Dobbins. He is out for the year. They also lost Justice Hill, who was uh, probably a running back number three for them. 
Uh, I just mentioned Gus Edwards, who was their second running back. Three, Their top three running backs all gone uh, before they even take a regular season snap. They've had multiple wide receivers go on the IR, including one of their rookies from this year's class, Rashad Bateman, who a, a guy who, who they're very high on. And it's just been an absolute disaster for a team that has, you know, coming into the season, had aspirations of making the playoffs once again. And, and that is one topic uh, you know, I will be asking our guest about Todd Karpovich when I get him on the line. But as for my overview of the Ravens, uh, let's let's start there. I, I'm sure you're aware the Ravens were a playoff team a year ago. Their season came to an end in a divisional playoff round uh, on the road in Buffalo against the Bills. In fact, they're coming off three straight double-digit win seasons, and really, they have been one of the more consistent, uh, kind of what I would call a model franchise um in the league going back the last 20 years or so, just a kind of a consistent winner. Um, certainly a team that has developed a winning pedigree uh, going back to the, the, you know, early two thousands when they won that Super Bowl with Ray Lewis and that, that uh, legendary defense they have, uh, they had, I should say they, they've got a coach in John Harbaugh that has a career record of 129 and 79. And he also has that Super Bowl title uh, that he won with the Ravens just a few years ago. Now, offensively, uh, they have one of the most exciting players in the game uh, with quarterback Lamar Jackson under center. He's dynamic um, with the ball in his hands. He's elusive in the open field. He's almost impossible to stop in the open field. You know, I'm not telling you anything you're not already aware of about Lamar Jackson. (laughs) You know, it's out there. He's a great player. We all know this. Now, as a thrower, though, uh, of the football I think that is where he still has a ways to go, and I think many of you would agree with me um, on that uh, point. He did take a step back a year ago, I I believe. Um, He saw his completion percentage drop four points from 68% to 64%. He went from 36 touchdowns in 2019, that that MVP campaign that he put together, uh, to only 26 touchdowns in 2020. He saw his yards passing per game drop from 208 to 183 yards passing per game. And that was the lowest total in the entire NFL last year. Now, that is the stat. That is the aspect of the Ravens offense that leads me to what I consider to be the first key to the game for the Raiders. The Raiders defense, in my opinion, is going to have a big challenge trying to slow down Lamar Jackson. But it's going to be imperative that the defensive line in particular dominates and controls the line of scrimmage on early downs especially, and they cannot allow the Ravens to establish their run game. That's what they want to do. They were the number one rushing offense a year ago. It is going to be much more difficult for them with the loss of Gus Edwards, Uh, but if the Raiders, if their defense and this team, if they want to have success in this game, they need to put the uh, Lamar Jackson and that Ravens offense in, in third and long situations, third and seven, third and eight, where Lamar Jackson... You force him to make a throw. He's got to complete a pass to get the first down. And the second part of that is that when they have the Ravens in those obvious throwing situations, they need to keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket. They cannot allow him to wreck this game by scrambling around, picking up first downs with his legs, and making those unscripted plays that he's just he's so well known for. And it's I know it sounds obvious. I'm aware of that. It sounds easier said than done as well, but I know, I believe... One of the things that will um, help the Raiders out with this with this strategy is that Gus Bradley, their new defensive coordinator for the Raiders, he is not known as a, a coordinator who likes to dial up a lot of blitz packages. 
And so that works into the Raiders' favor because if they're able to generate pressure and make Jackson uncomfortable in the pocket with only four four rushers, then that will leave them a little less vulnerable uh, by, you know, if they were to send uh, a couple extra linebackers or a, a, a safety off the edge, uh, you know, Jackson can can uh, escape that. And that's where problems will occur. So um, I, I hope that and I believe that this this revamped front four can get it done. I'm talking about Quinton Jefferson. I'm talking about Darius Phylon and Crosby and 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 Gakaway off the edge. They got to keep uh, Lamar Jackson contained, and, and they cannot allow him to run all over this defense. It's possible we see some sort of linebacker spy uh, tactic that they want to use on Jackson. Who knows? But but I I would definitely like to see Lamar Jackson beat the Raiders with his arm rather than his legs. And and I do believe with the injuries now to the running backs that the Ravens are, are dealing with. Uh, uh, Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator for uh, for Baltimore, could be looking to throw the ball a little bit more, and I and I do believe that will benefit the Raiders. Now, the group of receivers for the Ravens, you know, these guys aren't uh, names that are going to jump off the page at you. Like the Raiders, the, the the biggest threat in the passing game for the Ravens is their tight end, Mark Andrews. He is Lamar Jackson's favorite target. He just got paid this week, four year deal worth fifty six million dollars. And he is a threat in the red zone. He should see uh, plenty of targets uh, on Monday night, and you know that's going to be the matchup. However, the uh, you know Gus Bradley decides to try to try to slow him down. Whether it's Trayvon Merrick, the rookie, who's going to get that assignment, will, is yet to see yet to be seen. But um, that'll definitely be a matchup you want to keep your eye on throughout the game. After Andrews, uh, Hollywood Brown, he he's going to be their their next biggest target. Um, the speedster, uh, he's much, he, he's very similar to a, um, Henry Ruggs, uh, a smaller receiver with a lot of speed. He did miss the entire preseason with a hamstring injury, but when he is healthy and when he's out there playing, he can be a difference maker. He did lead the Ravens in targets last year with a hundred. Um, he also led them in, in touchdown receptions with eight. So, uh, as long as Jackson still has Andrews in Hollywood Brown, you know, he'll still have some guys he can get the ball to. Uh, they did bring in Sammy Watkins, um, you know, in free agency this year. Uh, Devin Duvernay is another guy who should should get a look, uh, possibly out of the slot. They've also got a guy, James Prochet, uh, who's a youngster uh, from SMU, and and really, you know, they they have also got a couple guys on the IR. Uh, I mentioned Rashad Bateman being one of them, a rookie who they who they do really like, but you know, really just a bunch of guys right now, no real threats outside of Andrews. Um, and Hollywood Brown, you know, like as I said, at least till they get a couple of those guys back from the IR. Now, defensively for the Ravens, uh, they do have some holes to fill uh, on this year's defense, um, especially along the edges. They did lose their uh, two pass rushers on the edge, Matthew Judon from a year ago. He's with the Patriots this year, and we know Yannick Ngakwe, uh came to the Raiders in free agency. They did try to replace uh, the, the production there, uh, lost there, with Justin Houston, uh, who was the veteran. Uh, and we uh, Raider fans are very familiar with him from his days with the Kansas City Chiefs. But I, I think it's fair to say, you know, there's going to be some question marks 
uh, at least you know heading into week one until they prove us wrong that there could be uh, some questions with with Baltimore pass rush. And, and don't forget, we're talking about a defense that in 2020 last year was second in the league in points allowed with only 19 or excuse me 18.9 points allowed. So a very good defense, uh, very good last year both against the run and versus the pass. And you know they always seem to be able to rebuild the defense in this organization. They draft well, they develop well, and it's just been a calling card for them. Tough defenses, uh, and they want to run the ball, and they want to kind of play some bully ball, and that has been the recipe for this team throughout the years. And uh, it's going to be no different for this Ravens team this year that the Raiders are going to be facing here in just a few days. Now, uh, a little bit more on the defense. On the interior, uh, part of that defense, you've got Calais Campbell, uh, who's just a, a monster of a man. He's huge, um, and he can still bring it. Even at his age, 35, he's still very much uh, a disruptor on the inside. They've also got Justin Matabuke, who will be lining up uh, alongside of Calais Campbell uh, for their defense. He's a youngster out of Texas A&M. The linebackers may not be household names you know, for the average football fan out there other than Patrick Queen from LSU. But they've got some guys who are going to be looking to you know, try to make a bigger name for themselves this year. Malik Harrison is one of those guys. He enters year three out of Ohio State, and he's kind of got the reputation as more of a thumper uh, for that de- defense. Uh, Tyus Bowser is another name that you should be familiar with. He's a guy that they expect to take a big step forward. He's been with them a few years now, and they did sign him to an extension in the offseason to keep him around. Jalen Ferguson is another young guy. Uh, who can who can rush, uh, you know, as a, as a linebacker, and they did use their first round selection this year on another linebacker edge player out of Penn State, whose name I'm not going to try to uh, I'm not going to try to butcher that one, but uh, you can go ahead and look it up yourselves. But like I said, this is a team that has been one of the best. In, in, in the NFL at replacing and, and, and replenishing the cupboards when they are uh, when they do lose a guy in free agency or a guy to retirement, uh, especially on the defense. And so I just don't expect to see a huge drop off uh, from this defense uh, this year as well. Now, it's going to be interesting. I talked about some of the injuries that they've had to deal with, most of them coming on the offensive side of the ball, but they did... Uh, lose a big part of what they you know want to do on defense. That's Marcus Peters, their starting cornerback. Uh, they do still have Marlon Humphrey, who who is very good on the other side, and um, but you know there, there's no way around it. It's a huge loss for the Ravens defense. You know, part of what the Ravens like to do on defense relies on having those those shutdown corners on the outside that they can they can put out there on an island should they need to and and they can shut down those opposing uh wideouts. Uh so uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they make up for the loss of Marcus Peters. And and speaking of you know what that Ravens defense likes to do, we talked about what they like to do on offense, which is try to establish that run game. Uh, I want to throw this out there for you as well. Ravens, the Ravens defensive coordinator, uh, Don Martindale, he loves to bring the pressure. Since becoming the Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator back in 2018, the Ravens have led the league in blitz percentage every one of those seasons. So for the last three years, uh, the Ravens have had a higher percentage of blitzes than any team in the league. So you know that Martindale, he's well aware of the offensive line situation with the Raiders, he knows they're they're breaking in some 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 young players there. 
Um, they're gonna he's gonna be giving them some exotic looks, probably some things they've never seen before, and he's gonna be doing it very very often. And I'm and I'm sure that you know he's gonna want to test the young Andre James. He's gonna want to test Alex Leatherwood on the edge, and it's very possible. Uh, we'll discuss this a little bit more in the injury report that John Simpson will also uh, be getting the start at, at left guard. And, and and that really is what leads me to what I consider to be the, the second key of the game, uh, second key to the game for the Raiders, and that's going to be the offensive line. They're going to have to be a factor, uh, a positive factor if the Raiders want to win this game. And I've harped on it for many, many weeks now. How will the new look offensive line hold up? Uh, you know, they're going to get a big test in week one. As I said, a lot of uh, blitzes they're going to see, they're going to have their hands full. Andre James is going to have to make the right calls. He's going to have to get his group, his guys in the right positions to make the right plays. And, and, and so there's going to be a lot of responsibility on him um, in week one. And I think more than any other area of the game, I think the offensive line could be the biggest key to the game for the Raiders. I really do believe that. Uh, they need to keep Derek Carr upright, and they're going to have to give him a nice clean pocket to throw from. Now, as I wrap up my overview of the Ravens' offense and defense, I also want to give you my third and final key to the game uh, for the Raiders. And I think it's going to be Allegiant Stadium. And I kind of um, mentioned this at the at the tippy top of the show here and and, and having that place packed with, with 60,000 strong. And I, and, I, and I was thinking back to when the, the, the move to Vegas uh, was first happening, right? You heard a lot of skeptics out there talking about how they didn't feel that the Raiders would have a true home field advantage. That, um, uh, that they, they felt that uh, being out in Las Vegas would attract more out-of-town fans. And they said that all these luxury seats that were going to be available and these box seats, they were not going to uh, be purchased by legit, hardcore Raider fans. And you know what? That all may be true. Some of that may be true. It very well uh, could be the case. Um, I- I'm sure that a- at a weekend out in Vegas is going to attract more uh, opposing fans. That's just that's just the nature of, of being a team out in Las Vegas. But we know, I know, and you out there listening know that Raider Nation is strong. And uh, we, we got a glimpse of it in the preseason. And I expect that the hometown fans, they're going to travel in from California. They're going to travel in from Oakland and LA and all over the nation, the East Coast, the Southeast, the Midwest. They're going to come from everywhere and they are going to be loud, and they're going to be proud week one uh, on Monday Night Football in front of national television. So if you're listening right now, and you're planning to go out to that game, you're going to be in the house on Monday night, do your part, and be loud. Make a difference in this game. All right, guys, that is going to do it for my Ravens overview of both the offense and the defense, as well as my three keys to victory. But it is time for me to step aside and get to our first break. And when I return from that break at the top of segment two, I'm going to go through the Thursday injury report for both teams. We're going to take a look at that. And then we're going to welcome in our guest this week, Todd Karpovich, who covers the Ravens for SI.com's Ravens Country. You don't want to miss that conversation. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to Just Pod Baby, part of the Vegas Sports Today podcast network. Welcome back to Just Pod, baby. Run down the field on them. Your home for all things Las Vegas Raiders football. Yeah, Raiders! 
news, views, and guests. Just win, baby. There's only one nation, and they listen here. Once a Raider, always a Raider. He's getting better. Uh, He did not practice today, and we'll see how he feels at the end of the week. We're still hopeful that he'll play, but he didn't practice today. All right, and welcome back. Segment two, Just Pod Baby. I am your host, Evan Grote, and we are here tonight previewing the week one matchup with the Baltimore Ravens. And there you heard the voice of head coach John Gruden when he was asked about the status of starting left guard Richie Incognito. It does not sound promising for him. Uh, He was not at practice today, although I did see... uh, or I should say he was not a participant in practice today, although I did see beat writer Tashawn Reed of The Athletic say that uh, he did spot Incognito um, inside the facility in the training area uh, working on uh, an elliptical. So he is a, he does appear to be getting some sort of work done, just not uh, with the team on the field. And, you know, Incognito has been out since the joint practices going back uh, several weeks now uh, with the with the Rams. Uh, I believe the date was August 19th. So it, he's been out for some time now with that calf strain, and it, it is very worrisome here as we begin to take a look at the injury report now, the Thursday injury report, the week one report uh, for both teams here. I'm going to start with the Raiders. Um, there was really not anything significant other than incognito as far as uh, players who are uh, expected to see significant time, but I'll go through the entire report here. Cleveland Farrell is listed here uh, with a the injury is a back injury, uh, but he was a full participant on Thursday. Uh, we just mentioned Richie Incognito with the calf. He did not participate on Thursday. Josh Jacobs um, with the toe it was limited today in practice. Uh, Alex Leatherwood his injury is listed as a shin. He was a full participant in practice. Carl Nassib, the injury listed for him as a pectoral injury. He was limited. And Roderick Teamer, uh, who was the long shot, who did make the 53-man roster safety, uh, his injury is listed as a shoulder and ankle. He also did not practice. So um, nothing to be too alarmed about other than the incognito injury, although I don't love seeing the starting running back, um, Josh Jacobs, who is listed with a toe injury, who did not participate in any uh, preseason games. He's already seemingly dealing with some sort of toe injury, so that's that's never a good sign. Hopefully it's, it's nothing too serious. Now we, we, we go over to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, we've already talked about uh, several of the players who are already on IR and who are already out for the season. So we're not going to go through those guys again. Uh, but I do want to talk about a couple of the players they have listed on their report this week. Nick Boyle, tight end. He's listed with a knee injury. He did not participate on Thursday. Uh, defensive tackle, defensive end, Derek Wolf. Uh Longtime player in the league. He is listed with a back and a hip injury, and he did not participate on Thursday as well. Uh, they do have Gus Edwards here listed as limited, but uh, you know, from all reports, it's 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 a pretty serious injury. We just we're just kind of waiting on word uh, to, to see if it indeed is a, a torn ACL. Uh, outside linebacker Dalen Hayes is listed with a knee. Uh, he was limited, and and that and that does it for uh, the Ravens portion of, of the uh, injury report. So just continue to monitor that uh, through Friday and into the weekend as we get a little bit closer to to game day uh, on on Monday night. 
Now it's time uh, to go out to the phone lines, and we're going to welcome in Todd Karpovich. Todd covers the Ravens for SI.com's Raven Country. And, you know, it's been a very, very busy day for for Todd keeping up with all these injuries. Uh, and, and, you know, he was kind enough to hop on with me tonight and give us a few uh, minutes of his time to give us the lowdown on the Ravens. So so thanks again. Uh, thanks again for the time tonight, Todd, and, and welcome to Just Pod Baby. I appreciate it. It's a crazy day for the Ravens. It really changes the dynamic of the season with injuries today. Yes, yes, it does. Uh, you know, I'm glad to have you on, and I know many of the listeners are eager to get the inside scoop on the Ravens, and, and there is a lot that I want to get into. So let's dive right into it. The big storyline today with the Ravens is the injuries to Gus Edwards and Marcus Peters. Reportedly, both suffered significant knee injuries, both believed to be ACL tears pending further testing. Uh, the Ravens have been absolutely snake bitten. Uh, first, it was J.K. Dobbins, and then it was Justice Hill, and now they lose two other key players to their team. So let's begin there. What can you tell us? Uh, what is the latest news you are hearing about the status of those two players? Well, it appears that both Gus Edwards and Glorious uh, Peters are out for the year, which means the Ravens have lost all three of the running backs on the depth chart after well, season season and the injuries being of the year. They lost um, J.K. Dobbins. Uh, uh, Justice Hill, and now Gus Edwards. So now the Ravens have to return to, uh, uh, you know, they have to tie down uh, Tyson Williams, a guy who hasn't played an NFL snap in the regular season. They signed Le'Veon Bell into their practice squad. Le'Veon Bell's had some good years, but he's really trying to resurrect his career. They, have, they signed Devontae Freeman, and they also have Trenton Cannon, um, which is, you know, a guy who plays special teams. So the Ravens, you know, they have a lot. They, they It's devastating injuries. However, they had a leading rusher back from last season, which is Lamar Jackson. So we'll see if they overcome it. I think Marcus Peters is a bigger injury because he's such a lockdown quarter. I mean, since um, the Ravens signed Marcus Peters, they've allowed the fewest pass yards per attempt, fewest pass touchdowns allowed, and the fewest quarterback rating since he signed the team in 2019. So Anthony Avery takes his place on the outside, but it's not the same. They still have Marlon Humphrey. But, yeah, the Ravens uh, – this changed the dynamic of the season. So going into this Oakland game, Las Vegas game on Monday night, there's a lot, a lot of injuries. Now, you touched on some of those other running backs that they're, they're going to have to get by with. Tyson Williams, it sounds like he's going to be the first guy to get the crack at, you know, first-team reps. Uh, you mentioned some other names, Trenton Cannon, Le'Veon Bell. They were both brought in this week. Uh, what can you tell us about Williams? Um, and second, what, what can you what do you expect to see as far as uh, rotation is concerned at running back? Will it be a healthy dose of Williams this week or more of a running back by committee against the Raiders? Uh, uh, Tyson Williams had a, um, you know, he had a really good uh, preseason. He got a lot of opportunities because Justin Hill didn't play. He averaged really close to five yards of carry, which he played himself onto the team. Um, then, of course, when J.T. Dallas went down, he made the roster. Um, he'll get the brunt of carries. He'll get a chance to prove himself, but he'll be running back by committee. You know, the Ravens, the Ravens obviously need more balance offense. They've led the NFL in rushing in the past two years. However, last year they had a 32nd, they had a 32nd ranked passing attack. So trying to find more balance. Um, you know, they signed Sammy Watkins, you know, um, and but however the first round pick Rashawn Bateman is hurt. Um, so the Ravens will have the Marquis Brown will be healthy. So the Ravens might, you know, they might uh, throw the ball a little bit more without field than they did last, last season. But again, they're they're a running team. So we'll see how it all pans out. But they'll definitely they'll definitely be running back by committee if it's a matter of um it's going to be interesting to see who's active game day. 
Todd Karpovich, uh, on a busy news day, kind enough to join us as our guest this week on Just Pod Baby. Uh, Tom, you, Todd, you you know you mentioned just now, um, you know the balance that that Greg Roman would would love to have more of this year. You talked about how the Ravens were um, number one rushing team in the NFL a year ago and thirty second in the league in, in terms of uh, passing yards per game. Um, and you mentioned the possibility of maybe having to do a little bit more through the air. Do you, do you expect that to be the case at least uh, this week and week one, you know, as they try to figure it all out with the running back situation? Well, to be honest with you, the Ravens, you know, their offensive line only played together one game in the preseason because of injuries. Um, and they played against Washington in the third preseason game, gave up two sacks against Washington's second team defense. So uh, the Ravens are going to need some time to really get the continuity going in the offensive line. They struggle with run blocking. The Ravens are very good at pass blocking, but um, you know, they, they, they haven't been able to give Lamar Jackson enough time in the pocket. Um, so um, the Ravens, the Austin, the Ravens are going to lead on their defense. Their defense is very good, even without Marcus Peters. They blitz well. Their defensive line is fantastic. Um, they have Justin Houston in the mix. So the Ravens are going to try to keep teams to, you know, 12 points or under and, and win the game. You know, if they, have to, if they have to hit five field goals and win, score a touchdown, they'll do that. Um, but, yeah, the Ravens, are, they're, going to, um, they're going to try to throw the ball downfield more. You know, um, uh, uh, Lamar Jackson does have uh, Mark Andrews, the tight end, who gets probably – he had the second most targets last season. And he'll get plenty of work Monday night against Las Vegas because, um, you know, as far as timing goes, um, he does a good job of getting open. But, yeah, the Ravens are going to, they're trying to do more balance. But, again, look for the defense to pave the way for the first couple of weeks until they find their footing. Yeah, I want to I want to continue the conversation with the offensive line as you mentioned there. Uh, you know, much like the Raiders, there was there was a bit of a shakeup. You know, to that group uh, for the Ravens, they traded away uh, their starting left tackle uh, from a year ago, Orlando Brown. He went to the to the Chiefs. Um, I understand they're also moving uh, Bradley Bozeman uh, from the position of guard over to center. Uh, what else could you tell us a little bit more in depth about the offensive line heading into Monday night? Well, it's uh, the fact that Ronnie Stanley, who they signed last year to a contract extension, was uh, a number one pick. He'll be healthy. Um, he'll play on the left tackle, which is huge for the Ravens because that was a that was a, a problematic situation because they don't really have a backup. A left guard will be Tyree Phillips, who can also play tackle. He's a second year player. He balanced injuries last year, but was effective when he was in the lineup. Bradley Bozeman switched from left guard to center. He's done well. Um, He's a veteran. He played every snap the last pe- the past two years. He has good rapport with Lamar Jackson. He's a smart player from Alabama. He played center at Alabama, so that's a seamless fit. Um, they just signed, uh, newly signed Kevin Zeitler, who played right guard, who also battled some injuries in training camp, but he's a veteran and can play. And then right tackle, they have Alejandro Villanueva, from, they, they signed from Pittsburgh, who initially played well, but he had some struggles when the pads went on. So, um, you know, the Ravens, um, they have a big offensive line, you know, out of size, around 6'6", 315 pounds. So they're living them all people. You know, they'll be good in pass, they'll be good in run blocking. But the question is, how will they be able to pass block? And Bill Nueva, you know, he, he's had some struggles. So that I anticipate the Raiders attacking that right side of the line, especially with the Raiders, um, you know, revamped defensive line. And also, Yann Nagakwe, who um, didn't paint out for the Ravens last year, but he seems to be seems to have a chip on his shoulder to, re- to resurrect his career in Las Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
Uh, Todd Karpovich doing a great job for us here, giving us a preview uh, of the Raiders versus Ravens matchup here on Monday Night Football coming up in just a couple of days. Uh, I do want to ask you a few questions about the defense. Um, <clears throat> it was a very good unit last year. I, I mentioned 18.9 points uh, a game they allowed, uh, and you and you already alluded to it. They're going to have to lean on that defense to kind of carry them through this season, it looks like. And they did lose some key players in free agency. Yannick Ngakwe, we just mentioned, who's now a Raider, being one of them. They also lost Matthew Judon, who's playing with the Patriots this year. Uh, what's the plan in Baltimore to replace some of the production that was left behind with those guys? They, I, you did mention Justin Houston, who are some other names on this defense, uh, uh, particularly on the uh, defensive line on the edges or linebackers that we should be uh, keeping an eye on? Well, they're high on uh, Adafi Awe, who was a first-round pick in Penn State. Um, he has huge size. He's you know he's six foot six foot four, two fifteen, runs a four three. He's a guy who can get to the football. He hasn't hasn't had a real good pedigree with sacks, but he's a speed guy and he'll he'll he should make an impact. Patrick Queen, his second year inside linebacker, should be solid. Um, he struggled last year in coverage, but that's because he didn't have a preseason. He's been much better. They have Malik Harrison, another second year player inside linebacker from Ohio State, who's sort of a thumper. You know, he's he's a hard hitter. So you got Queen Harrison in the middle. Tyus Bowser, they signed to extension this year. Very good guy in coverage, you know. And the question was, you know, how are the Ravens going to get sacked? And they signed Justin Houston, who's a guy who's had, you know, nine sacks the past couple of years. And Jalen Ferguson, another third-year player, who also gets to the quarterback. Um, now the Ravens, you know, Don Martin you know, likes to blitz from all over. You know, their secondary likes to blitz. You know, without Peters, that's a challenge. But Chuck Clark, Deshaun Elliott, the safeties like to come in. And, uh, you know, uh, Paul Humphrey also likes to blitz. So the Ravens are – Braves are solid defensively. You know, Justin Houston, he talked to the media today, and he said, you know, even our backups can be stars on their teams. So the Ravens, and the Ravens gave up the fewest rushing yards and the fewest points in the preseason. And I think it's going to carry over to the regular season. They're going to be a, going to be a tough out. Um, you know, now, the question is how, um, how they match up with Darren Waller. Um, because um, Jimmy Smith now, who practiced today, he could get back, and he'll mark Darren Waller. If Jimmy Smith's not in the lineup, that could be troublesome for the Ravens as far as because he's too big and too fast for a linebacker. So they can put defensive back on him. So it's, it's and, um, and also they'll try to keep Derek Collins back most of the day. Yeah, and I, I, just to kind of keep everyone updated, I did just get the uh, message to come across my phone. Uh, can we can confirm at this point? Marcus Peters did have does have a, a torn ACL, so he's going to be out for the season. And you know, one of the things I was thinking as you were talking there, you know, you, you mentioned Don uh, Martindale, and I was talking about him a little bit earlier in the podcast and what he loves to do. You know, the Ravens have led the league in, in blitz percentage each of the years that Martindale has been the coordinator for the Ravens, so we know that's what he loves to do. And you talked about the challenge now that that he's going to be presented with without Marcus Peters, who was such a great lockdown corner. Do you expect that that maybe Maybe Martindale will tweak his game plan versus the Raiders with the absence of Peters, or is, is he going to stay true to his his, his uh, pedigree? He's going to stay true. Anthony Avery will move back there into Marcus Peters' spot. He He's solid. He's not Marcus Peters, but he's a solid cornerback with start for most teams. Um, Don Martindale's going to dial it up. You know, um, I think they still have the they still have the uh, the, you know, the, the, the horses to get after the Raiders of uh, 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 the offensive line. Um, you know, they're still the Ravens are still solid up front. They have uh, you know a defensive tackle Justin Matabuke who is extremely talented. He's gonna be a breakout player this year. That's my that's, that's my prediction. Clay Campbell, another guy 
who's going to put pressure on offensive lines and Brandon Williams. So, yeah, Martindale's not going to change it up. He's going to go after the Raiders the same way. He's going to adopt the pressure, and the Raiders, Raiders are going to attack them. They're going to try to force turnovers. They're going to try to force fumbles, and they're going to attack because, um, you know, again, like I said, the Raiders defense got to pave the way for the first couple weeks here until the offense finds its way. Because, again, the offense, you know, they're dealing with injuries at wide receiver. You know, Rashad Bateman, first-round pick, is still hurt. He'll miss the first three games. Um, uh, Mick Boyle, the tight end, one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL. He's also out for three games. So, yeah, the Ravens are out. Might, might, might be a low-scoring game here in Las Vegas for the opener. All right, final one I have for you here, Todd. We're going to have a little fun with this one. I was reading some of your work up at uh, ravenscountry.com, and you know it's been a real tough couple of weeks for the Ravens. As we know, they've had to deal with some some big-time adversity with all these injuries. I know, uh, because I, I read it in one of your pieces, I know you had originally predicted a 34-18 Ravens win, but has your level of confidence, has it has it changed at all going into week one considering you know the latest injury news that we, we received here today? Do you still feel confident the, that the Ravens will come out of this game victorious? It's going to be a closer game. Um, that 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 prediction's out the window with, with these with these latest round of injuries. Um, I still think the Ravens pull it out, but it's going to be closer. You know, a seventeen ten game, sixteen thirteen. I still think uh, um, uh, uh, the Raiders' defense, even they against the offensive line, that defensive line, the Ravens still be able to run the ball even with these guys because they're good pass blockers. And you got Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's a dynamic player. Um, he, he's going to be the difference in the game. But yeah, it's going to be a lot closer game now. All right, there you heard it. Uh, our guest this week, Todd Karpovich for SI.com's Raven Country. Uh, Todd, I really appreciate the time. I know you had a, a very busy schedule today trying to get all the latest news out to your to your uh, readers about, about the, all the injuries and whatnot going on with the Ravens. So I appreciate you hopping on with me tonight, and uh, I wish you all the best and keep up the good work. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, uh, good spot there with our guest this week. And just a couple of, of quick takeaways uh, from our conversation he, he pointed out that he feels the injury to Marcus Peters is, is the bigger uh, of the losses that they that they had today and since 2019 I didn't know this I wasn't aware of this when they acquired Peters the Ravens have allowed uh, the fewest passing yards per attempt as well as the fewest touchdown passes allowed and the lowest quarterback rating that, that's impressive uh, and, and the name that he mentioned as the replacement is uh, Anthony Everett uh, not a guy I'm real familiar with, but you know, obviously he's not the caliber of player Marcus Peters is. So we'll just have to see if 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 Gruden and Carr, if they look to pick on Everett a, a little bit uh, in this game. And and I'll be honest with you, 24 hours ago, if you had asked me uh, to give you a a prediction on this game, I would have said that the Raiders w- would lose this game in a fairly close score, uh, close close contest, but. I don't see it that way anymore. I just think uh, the injuries are, are going to be a little too much for the Ravens to overcome, especially uh, you know in, in such little time. I mean, we're talking about a couple of days before the game here, and, and it's just going to put a uh, it's going to have a major effect on on their game plan, I believe. And and I see the Raiders coming out and playing really inspired football. It's going to be an emotional night for not only the fans, but for the team as well as they they open up their new stadium. And I see that really kind of carrying the Raiders to a week one victory. So uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, Guys, it is time to wrap it up this week. Football is back, baby. Cannot wait for Monday night to get here. Uh, But before I say goodbye uh, for this week, give me a follow on Twitter, egrote 5 Subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. And get over to JustPodBaby.com, the website that is dedicated to the podcast. I will have some some reaction pieces available for you 
uh, over on the blog page. I tweet them all out. Uh, they will be available sometime Tuesday after the game. Uh, but, but in the meantime, take care, everyone. Enjoy the game. And until we talk again, I am your host, Evan Grote. And as always, just win, baby.